What's up, everyone? My name is Joshua, and welcome to another episode of A Conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. And today's guest, Radavi Riom, is incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is one of the, it's the most powerful, soft-spoken broadcast I've ever been a part of. And why I say that, when you meet our guest, not loud, not hand motions and all that other stuff, it's like big energy like me, but it's like this beautiful, quiet power in every word she speaks. It's like sucking you into the screen. That was my experience. I found like everything she's saying, I'm going, I can't get enough, can't get enough. Could have talked to her for four hours. I don't even know how long it went, to be honest. I didn't even check the time yet, but it's special. It's different, it's unique. And I just really enjoyed this, and I hope you will too. Thank you for everyone watching at joshuatberglin.com. But also, if you're watching on YouTube, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed, liked, and shared your feedback on this broadcast because there's a lot here to give feedback on. So thank you again for being here, and please enjoy the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and my new friend, Radavi Riom. I got it right, didn't I? Perfect. You know, the reason why this is such a big deal to me, and I am so glad that you're here today. I'm so excited that we finally get to do this broadcast. But the way that my mind in my mouth connects sometimes, it, it just doesn't... When I try to pronunciate things, it almost sounds like I have my own language. And the last thing I ever want to do is offend somebody by not saying their name correctly. So thank you for that. And I am so ha I'm so excited that you're here. We had a few different delays because I was working on a film project. But I am so grateful for your kindness and your patience. And I'm just really honored to have you here today. But before we get into the conversation, do you mind telling us what are you grateful for today and why the depth of my gratitude is that i am devoted to the divine and that i'm grateful for every day my devotion There was a depth in the way that you said that. It was just like this slow, but methodical and impactful gratitude. I like that. Thank you for sharing. So when you talk about devotion to the divine, what does that mean to you exactly? It means that the love is the presence of what is and when I surf it's from that devoted sacred place that all of us have but some so many people have forgotten it or have diverted from it and so when I hold that space I'm not holding it for anyone else but I'm holding it in a place where I'm going to invite people to so it's you know my deep service to be alive on this planet, to be here, really. <laughs> I, <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know what it is about you. This is really strange. This doesn't happen to me, but I find myself like being sucked in by your words and like I'm coming into the stream as you speak. It's so powerful. Where did you grow up? I was born in an island. Okay. Which in Jamaica. one? In Jamaica. Really? Yes. <laughs> Jamaican is the last thing I would have assumed. <laughs> I know. People think I'm from the Asia. I'm from somewhere else. But my father was Chinese. So I'm a mixture of many people. And I love that. Mm. Because I see me 
or I see them as part of me. So, yeah, I was grown up in a village, in a mountain. And if you want me to tell you the rest of that. <laughs> I want you to share whatever you feel led to share. Okay. Last night I thought about this, but it wasn't for the talk. because I've never said that. So I was grown up in a village in a mountain where there was no running water. There was no electricity and there was an outhouse. <laughs> and I grew up with 10, were 10 siblings. But I was thinking last night without anything that the most, I know why my soul went there. Because what I got, oh, <laughs> The people in the village were not the most educated. They were not educated. So what happened, they had their unlearned wisdom. They're psychic. They were natural. I remember as a little girl, I grabbed on to that. And I thought, I grabbed on because they were keeping my soul alive into that understanding. Okay, so you said something that triggered a memory. Yes. Of a conversations that I've had, and I, in my own path, I've learned that, I've out, on my own path of seeking wisdom, I've realized how much I've had to unlearn everything I'd been taught, and I forgot where I heard this or where it came up most, but. The secret to great wisdom is unlearning. And if and the analogy or the picture that was being painted were talk was what you were talking about, living in villages and living essentially off the grid, away from technology, away from the evolution or all you know, the new we have a new we're going into the fourth industrial revolution now, and actually we're already in it. But yet the further advanced we get from technology, the further we get from what our original design and creation was supposed to be. Can, can you speak on that? Because I have zero wisdom about this subject, but I it sounds like you know a lot about it. And no, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to let my inner being speak because I don't know about it. But I do know from my own experiences is that there's a wisdom, there's a knowingness, there's a God self. And, you know, I'm going to call it all those. It, there's a divine self or a divine spark that already is in that sacredness of consciousness that, that this soul is directly connected to the divine. And that's where the wisdom comes from. The truth of it all, when one expresses itself from that place, needs no education. It already has the wisdom to speak. And the more we unveil the clutter and all the conditioning from the outer world, the more we get to that place of simplicity and peace. It's not anywhere outside of that. It's here within all of us. I believe that too. My awakening real awakening started I was reading the Bible and I was reading Genesis 6 and as I was saw the word pineal I immediately heard in my head the Garden of Eden is the brain like what? the Garden of Eden is the brain and so that I thought you gotta confirm this if this is real like if I'm supposed to go research this and figure it out I need you to confirm and then confirmation after confirmation so I went out and researched that path opened my eyes my heart my soul my mind and everything else that you can imagine and I finally became spiritually free because my relationship with God never got well had never been better from that point on but the difference was I was in this box of religion, even though I'm like, I'm not religious, I'm not this, I'm not that, still had religious tendencies. And that for me began this 
breaking completely free and realizing the connection to God that I need is here, nowhere else. I mean, yes, it's everywhere. It's in the yes. trees, it's in the flowers, it's in the grass, it's in you, it's in me. It was convicting. Here was the craziest thing about it. Like where we think about religious rules and regulations and dogma and everything, and yet that can feel like punishment and that can feel like, you know, I'm being punished or I can feel... But the most convicting experience of my life was realizing how much God really was inside of me in the way that I act, the way that I treat my body, myself, the way I treat other people. All of a sudden that realization really impacted me in a way that religion never could. And I became more responsible for my actions in that moment as well. There was no more devil. There was no more, I mean, look, there, there could be, I mean, I can experience heaven now, so I'm not worried about afterlife heaven. And I'm not worried about hell, because I'm not going there. But all of that shifted for me and changed. And it was very empowering, because now all of a sudden, the responsibility was really on me. I get to be grateful to our creator, but as far as my actions and co-creating with God, our creator, all of that changed for me. Can you I totally yeah. sorry, totally get it? Because we have been so conditioned. This is where the essence of who we are was covered over. We are being taught how to be out in the world. We are being taught the value of life is out there. Education, money, being seen, being known, and all of that. And which religion is right and which one is wrong. There's <laughs> always right and wrong. So, I'm sorry, you wanted to ask me a question, Joshua, what is it? Oh, I have a million questions for you. Oh, But, I, well, oh, but since you brought that up, that yes. segues into something else that I wasn't going to talk about, but I was listening. I can't pronounce his name. He's the, he's an Indian guru, Swami something. I can't pronounce, I don't know. But they were having a discussion, and they were talking about the religious text from Hinduism. And some of the restrictions on women about going to the temple and so on. And I'm like, this is the same craziness that the Bible talks about, the Quran <laughs> and all these other religions that are so suppressive. And I get the guidelines and how much they can help you. But really, when we're saying one is better than another or we're comparing you're good, I'm bad, you're a false prophet, I'm not. Like things get really out of whack and there's no balance there. When you say women, you got to be quiet in the temple or be quiet in the church or be like, that's not, I promise God never said that. Like, I promise you. That's, Go ahead. That's not living in an awakened state. That's Sorry. exactly right. That's exactly right. Have, now, have you always had this philosophy? Because I would imagine growing up in a village, you don't hear, you don't have TV to distract you and radio and soap hoppers and reality TV and sex thrown in your face all day long from all of the different images and like so did you kind of come out of the gate as you were growing up at this higher place or is this something that you learned along the way you know Joshua, i think to me the most amazing place of wisdom is through experience really well what happened is <clears throat> I knew about God when I was four years old. I went to Sunday school and I heard about God. I never forgot. You know, we had all this little page paper that we just fold and there's picture of Christ and Mary and God. Not God, Christ and Mary. I never forgot it. I wanted to know where God was because I said he was in heaven. So I knew he's bigger and separate and more glorious than me. <laughs> I also heard about the devil. So I was caught flat into the fear and the and God, this great. And through my own childhood experience, wounding that I came to experience, I was very different from the rest of my family. I stayed alone a lot. And I, I remember thinking, and a lot of kids think this, but this was deep. Joshua. So why am I here? What, what, what is life about? Why am I here? And I remember I said, I don't ever want to come back. No, 
How can a five-year-old girl child say that? So there was a deep searching or wanting to remember. Maybe that's what it is. I wanted to remember. I think that's what it was. Because sometimes I'm saying things now that I've never said it in that way before. So bear with me. First time I'm going to express in certain ways. But through my journey and through my through my life's journey, and I was a very highly sensitive and I didn't know that. But I was also very empathic and I didn't know that. So I was sad a lot. <laughs> I had sadness in me a lot. And through my relationship with my mother was the place I came to learn and to learn to forgive, mm. to learn to understand. And so I had to unveil all of that. And when I started, because you know, there was something in me, I was indigenous, I have to say that. I was different. They were not like that. So remember I told you about the country folks mm. who... And that's why I grabbed on to them. Oh my gosh, I just felt, wow. It was because I came in with a, a sense of spirit that was very deep and very different. I call it, and I know indigenous. Even today, I say indigenous. So during, during my unveiling, during my self-healing, you know, I get to a place where you get to unveil more, you get to unveil more, and you start to understand from a deeper place within you. I came to the place to realize where God is. Because God is here. God is in all of us. It's so, you know, and God was the thread, the golden thread that was in the tapestry of my life. See, I held on to him at four years old, and I never let him go. I never let the passion go. And so when I was able to clear all my, almost enough, you know, I got to the, I remember walking over, not literally, but moving over to my soul. This was my egoic identification state that we all have, <laughs> the conditioned state, the belief state. And I started, I knew, I didn't have the understanding of it, but I know now. I moved, I started to unveil and move more into my soul, more into my soul state. And I was a treasure box. I think we all have. I was handed the treasure box of what I came into this life with. Yeah. Those are that, medicine bags, right? Are they similar yeah, to That's medicine? right. And okay. I was going to say, and that became my part of my medicine bag. And I was very shamanic and very indigenous in other lifetimes. Does it matter that important for me to know where, when? No, I already know it. What I do, you know, was told many things about that. So God... God, the awareness that God is here. I just smiled and I said, I get it. I was looking up there, it's in here. And I, at times I said, okay, I went on a long journey. I wasn't looking for where God is down here. I was looking for him in heaven, but I found him. I found him. And so with that, a lot of my deeper understanding and whatever it is that I expressed came from this place of the unknown, you know, that is not connected clearly with the mind. It's a, it's, and this is it, I think, with everyone. There's a consciousness inside that that uses the language of the mind to express itself. When we are into that state of, okay, I'm here, and we're in that state of grace. You're just like, I just like listening to you talk. I almost... Gosh, it's very hard. Like you speak in a way that almost requires me to listen. This, 
I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, some people talk and you feel like you're just being talked at. When you speak, again, like I said earlier, it's like I was wanting to come into the computer screen because your yeah. words are just yeah. like pulling me in. Same thing. It's like, I don't know. I don't even really know how to respond to what you said. I do want to ask you something because before we started the broadcast and I was like, hey, wait, we'll just, we'll talk about this. But you made a comment about being busy and because you were talking about my background and then you were telling me that I have my hands in a bunch of different spin and we're, because we were discussing how I like to move around when I brought it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I cut you off because I actually wanted to hear it because I figured it would lead to a conversation. What made you say what you said to me? Because I didn't know you knew anything about me, really. So I'd like to, I would like <laughs> I to know, know where all that came from. When I went, okay, when I went to the, when I went to to sign up, I thought I don't know where to sign. There are these boxes of what you do. There's boxes of what you do, and I thought, well, I'm impressed with Joshua. Oh. Because there's something in Joshua, and you know that already, that serves others. And I saw it and I felt it. You're not here for yourself. No. You're here for humanity in the way in which you do it. And that was our connection, Joshua. I would say that you accurately, yeah, that's true. I, it's interesting, but before I turned my life around, I was pretty about, I mean, I was pretty much a narcissist in about myself. But it all started from a sense of survival, needing to survive. Oh, absolutely. And But ultimately, like even my job I had at the time, I worked with complex disabilities. And I would have thrown myself in front of a bus to help the people that I got to help. But I was also a drug addict and everything else, too. So I canceled out a lot of the good I did. But my heart has always been for other people. And, and I don't know if it was my upbringing, I was born that way or not. I, I, my mom was an amazing influence. And even my dad, who I didn't have a good relationship with, I mean, I remember him. He had this guy on, it was a mafia boss that was on witness protection program. And my dad, he had syphilis of the brain. He was losing his mind. Everyone hated him, was scared of the guy. My dad just had this special heart for him. And I saw him sacrificially give and serve this guy that was really just a vile man. He, Of course, I liked him too, but he was vile. So I don't know where that came from that, but when I turned my life around, all I wanted to do was serve. I used to pray to God even before I had a relationship with God that I would have the opportunity my, my whole, all I got to do was to travel the world and serve. It's all I, that's what was my prayer. That's all I wanted to do. And now being in business, I still would rather give away things because I, God has blessed me with a knowledge and a wisdom and gifts that I don't want to sell. Like I would almost feel like I'm cheating to sell it. And I would rather give. That would explain, you know, like that's where my heart is. But at the same time, I, what I, the reason I'm telling you all this is because I haven't been able to figure out the balance of wanting to give everything I have to everyone who needs it and also taking care of myself and my family. That is, that finding the balance there has not been easy for me. You know, I would also say that, you know, every soul is here to experience things. And I mean, this is my annoyingness. And many people are having a hard time. How do I know that I need to go there and help everyone? That this is something that they didn't have to learn from, you know? 
yet at that time I've come to that place where when I said to my husband, I need this money available to me, not to dunk in my pocketbook to give because the homeless have now become my brothers and my sisters. And I mean it from here. And so, although I don't know whether they're on drugs, I don't know if they're hungry. I don't need to know that. I only need to know that my soul wants to hand them something. And when I hand them, I always look in their eyes and I say, I bless you. That to me is a prayer and they don't need to know that. But I pray, it's a prayer to pray for them. So in the meantime, to judge, why don't you stop and think. So this family is having a problem and they have, I need to stand the middle path, neutrality, and let God, you know God is it, speak to you. What do I do for this one? Because you have to include yourself too. In that, serving others is also serving you. And make it new, make it a oneness thing, not less for you and more something, but us. Because there, there may be families that your soul is telling you need to help. Yeah. You know, like in my service, there are times when I just feel I need to do that free to that person. And somebody else, I won't. And it's not because I have a preference for one and not for the other. Not like that at all. So that's only my suggestion to you, Joshua. Ask. Yeah. Yeah, I, I vibe with that. I vibe with that a hundred percent. And that's and I, the way I can speak to what you just said. Every time that I have gone against what I felt led in my spirit to do, I've suffered great consequences. <laughs> this means it, but here's the trip. This is the trippy part about it. What I felt in my spirit I was supposed to do sometimes conflicted with my religion, sometimes conflicted with the book said, sometimes conflicted with logic and reasoning or anything else. But when I've denied this, said, no, I can't because how am I going to, how am I going to pay for it? Or how am I going to do this? Or People are going to think I'm insane. But when I finally got past that point of caring about all that other stuff and just said, this is what in my heart I feel I'm supposed to do and do it without questioning. I do ask for confirmation, but when I do it, even as crazy as it may sound, I always end up exactly where I'm supposed to be, even if it defies any sense of logic. And so I have learned to just follow my heart. And look, it's a painful journey to do that, but it's been the one thing in my life that's brought me any joy. I had money. I've been, I've had, I've been, I was an asshole with money. <laughs> like I, was, <laughs> I had that before, been when I was living a reckless life and I was a drug addict and chem sex addict and all that other stuff, but, and I wasn't ever happy. So that's why I kept doing more drugs. Now I'm, doing what my heart is leading me to do, what my spirit is leading me to do, and regardless of how questionable my circumstances may appear sometimes, or at least to myself, I always end up moving forward and I can see things working around me that show that I'm on the right path, even though sometimes I'm still pulling dirt out of my pocket, so to speak. But even with that, I don't even mind it and I don't care because I'm doing what I know I was created to do. And there's something really special about that that outweighs the glamor, the glitz, and all these other things that some people go for. Because I've done that already, and I know what it led to. There's never enough. But when you have joy, there's is joy. You can't even put a dollar amount on joy because joy doesn't come from dollars. It comes from your heart. It comes from serving others, serving the God and someone else, or... Like that, that is like, to me, what life is really about, or that's what I've learned in my, I mean, I'm 43 years old, but I mean, my limited time here, that's what I've learned. 
Like how, let me ask you this. Is that, because when you follow your heart and you follow, you, you go led by the spirit, some people say that's a method that's going to lead to nowhere but failure. What do you say to that? To me, when, you know, when you do what you do, Joshua, like you, and you feel the joy in it, it's your heart that is in service. How can anyone say that takes you in? Okay, it takes, it, it takes you somewhere. What is, it, what is it doing? You mean, because people who say that, may still have an identification of wealth and happiness that is outside of where you're coming from. And they can't feel it. They can't see what you're doing. So in their conditioned minds, they think you're going in the wrong place. And that's what it is. And when your heart feels so fulfilled, how can that be wrong? Yeah. Yeah, so. That's what I believe. I would rather die failing doing that than anything else. I mean, obviously. I felt it. In, I felt that Joshua is looking forward to talking with you. <laughs> do I know? I felt that about you. Yeah. It, you're, but it's, you're, it's, gi- you're, you're generous. You're giving this. It's beautiful. Well, I thank you for that. I, you know, most my, <laughs> this time around, My financial goals are centered around, obviously, providing for my family. I've been so blessed with the, I have the best wife ever. She's my best friend. She's like, we have, it's so multidimensional, our marriage and relationship and friendship and partnership. Been blessed with two little girls that are my stepkids, but I love them as if my own. And like, I I have that. So I want to provide for them so they never have to do without But all of my big goals of selling our movie and, you know, and all the other, the the youth media literacy centers around the world, all of that, it's centered around other people and the people that have been voiceless, the people that have had trouble past like me that, you know, the one thing about me that I was so fortunate, like of all the crap that happened to me and the crap, the evil that I did in the world and all that other stuff, the one thing that it was an advantage for me that other people didn't have is I grew up around success. I grew up being put in positions where I was comfortable around the wealthiest people on the planet. But at the same time, I was fortunate to be raised by two parents that taught me that you treat everybody the same. You show respect. It doesn't matter if they're homeless or they're greenskeeper, they're the help or they're a billionaire, you treat them the same. And I'm fortunate for that. but. Even when I lost everything and became homeless, I knew that I knew I could get back on my feet. I knew that I could succeed. But this time around, like I I just I want to have a huge impact because I know so many other people like me that live the life like me, even worse or even similar. They don't they didn't have that example of success. So it's much harder for them to be able to pull themselves out. And so my heart is for that community. And as you know, why I had to delay our broadcast as I was finishing a film that we did with juvenile sex offenders. And, you know, I that you talk about voiceless, you talk about dregs of society, the forgotten, the misfits, like it's that demographic and others, former trafficking victims. Like I want to help those people because I believe, and this is, I want you to speak on this. I believe the people that have been hurt and abused and victimized and taken for granted and rejected and shunned, those people that have experienced the worst of that, I believe that those are God's superheroes. And if you, if they get the opportunity to heal and they get the right teacher, the right mentor, the right whatever, the right help, the right therapy, could be anything. I don't know what it is for everybody. But if they can get that and they have that opportunity to turn their life around and start that healing journey, all of that pain and all of that hell and all that sorrow that they went through all gets to be used for something so much bigger than them and for so much greater. And they get to do that much more good, even greater things on the flip side. That's why I care about them. And that's like, I want, if any legacy I leave on this earth is showing that you can do all that bad stuff, but it's, God's not done with you. 
until you're dead. <laughs> so you always get an opportunity to turn it around. Well, well, you know, Joshua, I and I know that every one of us, the essence of our soul, is a spark of the flame of God. Mm. I know that. There's no doubt about that. So it doesn't matter to me what a child is doing, how bad it is. It's not about them. It's about the pain that is inside of them that has not been released. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about you were addict, you're in addiction. And I would say the addiction is not the problem. It's, the problem is why the addiction? I agree with that. Yes. So, so then the same thing with kids and children. And one of the things that I'm so drawn to is sex slavery. Yeah. And that, I don't know, I'm very deeply drawn to that because it's, to me, the ultimate abuse. And so what you're doing there really attracted me a lot because it comes into, you know, these children sometimes have no escape when they're so heavily controlled. Yeah. And it still makes my spine hurt. I believe that I've healed that part of me. But when I think of other people going through it, and I... And look, there's way worse situations of sexual abuse than I went through. But even with what I went through, I know how it changed me. And this healing journey has been long and not fun. And But I'm also grateful for it because I know it can be done. If God can rehabilitate my life after what I've been through and what I did, he can do it for anyone. But you're right, sexual abuse sex trafficking I mean, of course there's organ harvesting too and which is a massive problem that not enough people know about and how, how about organ it? harvesting ties into the cosmetics and the skincare that we use i mean this is like it's a bigger deal than people know but the thing about organ harvesting is different than sex trafficking obviously but with sex trafficking comes there's a grooming process there's a breaking down there's a splitting of the of the crete altars which are, you know, soul splits. Like there's a whole program that they go through to make their slaves. And this process is so demented and so torturous. It takes torture to a level that most people cannot even comprehend. But it's a very real thing. And part of the problem is they get, the victims get broken down so much. And I'm sure you know this, I'm saying it for the audience. Some of the victims get broken down so much that if, say, maybe they heal a little bit or one of the altars that gets programmed into them is called the Christian altar. And the Christian altar is the, oh, I love Jesus and I got my Bible and I'm good. So you think about the Disney people the when they go through the kids, the Disney Kids Club and they become pop stars and they go out on their own and they're like good girls and they act like everything is great and wonderful and I love God and I'm so wholesome. And then little by little, as the albums progress, they become a little bit sluttier and more revealing and so forth. Well, so part of that is part of the program <laughs> and that works because that their programming is actually programming the audience and programming the youth. This is how this works. But anyway, so some of them try to break free from their altars or maybe the programming doesn't stick as long. So what happens, they get the nerve to try to leave and escape. <laughs> no about it. But the yes. problem with that is over 90% of the victims go back to their captors. And the reason why is because the devil you know is better than the one you don't know. And so there's no re there's no real resources for a lot of these victims. There's no rehabilitation. There's no job. There's no security. Hey, if you finish this program, we're going to set you up here. You're going to have your own home. You're going to have shelter. You're going to have a family, a normal life. You're going to have a job, something you can feel proud of. There's none of that, really. So you have these victims that are like, okay, now what? 
And the other problem is you have all of these nonprofit organizations that claim to be helping the victims, but they're actually trafficking the victims. It's insane. These people on social media that pretend that they're freeing victims, they're actually trafficking. Not all of them, but some of them are. So anyway, sorry to go on a rant there. No, but this no, subject no, no, is this, really this passionate. This is for me too. I wish I could say openly. I wish I could say openly. My understanding about... Okay, I'm going to call them the fallen angels. The fallen beings. And I am... You know, I'm very close to Christ. I'm very close to Christ. I came into this world and I didn't understand what it was, but I said, I'm here for Christ consciousness. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> so, you know, I have a book that was given to me about Christ and what he had gone through and a lot of what he had gone through lifetimes. with the fallen beings. There have been him thousands and thousands of years, Joshua, and they have manipulated the minds of many people that still goes down in the patterns of Christianity in some forms and a lot. And I, I, I was shown how it's all buried. It's buried, it's going, it's not just when you go for therapy, you work on your ancestors. Because all the ancestors have been conditioned. And that's why I know my soul is here to break the code of the human conditioning. And my guides have shown me and said, no, this... So I can understand all of that. And what my soul and your soul more than likely have come in to do that you may not have consciously know, but you feel the passion to do something. Whatever you're passionate about, I just feel trust. That is part of your soul's agreement to do. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I was going to, I was doing, going to do a radio show some a few years ago, and I heard myself say, you know, I'm, I'm break, here to break the code of the human condition. It came through me. By the way, Joshua, I didn't think it. I said, whoa. Because the ego identification is a root of the beginning of deep conditioning that comes way before it. Society now is part of it with the conditioned self. And so the next step is in my service, in my work, in my evolution. I get messages, and the messages, I didn't know the name, they said, we are not wounded children, we are divine sparks. And I didn't know the name, but I learned through them, it is the essence of our soul, which is a direct path to God, you know, that, so the divine spark is what holds the essence of Everlasting love. And when we live from that, Joshua, you know, there's a whole different take on and how you live your life. Sure. So they really urged me. They wanted, it was an urging among how they are locked away, you know, and how the deepest pain is for them not to be able to express their love in the world. And so I'm in the process of writing the book. And the book is almost finished. And the next thing is, and I know <laughs> the book has to be, has to go out there. I said, I'm a servant and I'm asked to do, anytime I'm asked to do something, I always do it. Joshua, you do it. Yeah. And I know it has to be promoted. And I said, I know it's going to take a lot of money to promote it, but my heart, my, my heart, feels the book doesn't end when I finish writing it. So so there are the pieces, you know, that I've left out about you know, about 
where I know all these things from, or they're shown to me. And so what's going on in the world that you talked about that is so passionate for you to talk about and share and how it brings you a lot of pain. The fallen beings are still here. And that's why you and I and people who are so open to the God to make a difference because I can't change it, it personally. But one thing I can do is to send my love out there in my life. And so can you. Right. Let me ask you, because you brought up light. And I was involved in a discussion. Someone made a comment about the world's getting darker. And I contend that all of this stuff that's happening right now that we're seeing has been going on since the beginning of time, since we've been here. It's not new. It's uncovered. So it's art. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not an expert. This is just what my heart believes. I know. Is that it's our light that is now causing the awareness of this darkness. Like our light is exposing the shadow world by our way of being and that it's not getting darker. It's ultimately our light. And this is a good thing. It's a good thing that we are now seeing the horrific things that have gone on in the shadow world for so long. This is a good thing. This is a sign of good things to come. But yeah, it's going to get a little wild and a little scary for some, crazy for some. But ultimately, this revelation that's happening is a good thing. What do you believe? I totally agree with you. There's a lot of light coming on the planet, too. I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I'll give you, tell you about an experience. Okay. For about four months, five months, I felt I was in a cave. It, Okay, so I'm waiting to come out of the cave. When am I going to come out of the cave? <laughs> and, and there are times I'm not feeling good. I thought, I can't find my, feel my heart at times. And, and I'm a little headache. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I have an entity. I thought, no, no, no. you know, I could because I don't, I stay home a lot. I'm, I'm my best friend, really am. And yeah, I'm for the first time. I'm going to say this out in the open. Higher self told me sometime, plant medicine is here to uplift people from the fallen beings. Okay, so I'm indigenous, remember? I'm attracted to mushrooms. At least my teachers, I call them my cosmic teachers, call me when they want to talk to me. I have pages of stuff that they tell me. Someone tells me that I'm a trans-channeler. I don't know anything about that, but I hear them and I write them. So... This time, I keep feeling, you know, I need to talk to my cosmic teachers, but I'm not hearing them calling me. So I have to wait, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm not going to plant medicine. And in the meantime, because of my passion like you, listen to the good that is happening out of the bad. There's a lot of intel people. And I'm a, play, I'm a person who is here on this planet to bring peace. Okay. So I'm always looking to see what the changes. So I was, finally my heart was over to a point somewhere. And I said, okay, to my husband, I'm going to do ceremony today. And they told me. I said, we want to tell you what has been happening with you. 
they are shadowing you that you couldn't even feel us your family you couldn't didn't you didn't you couldn't hear us or you didn't want to hear us because i couldn't hear i couldn't hear the into the inner calling and here is a piece that i want to share with you they said when you listen to this intel these people mean well he says when they talk about the dark side that is happening the energy is still there in the conversation they're talking about a thing and that when i listen affects me she said you're very empathic it's you are not here for that there are people who need to break away from their stuck belief to get triggered by hearing what's going on the planet but i am to stay away from that because i'm not here for that that they said that was your life that was your lifetimes ago not now your oh, your evolution is somewhere else and i don't need to say because i'll be talking about me and i don't and they said you are to stop listening they're telling me what i have to do because they said right now you're right there at that veiled moment and you have to stay away from that whatever you take from this just just because i felt i needed to say i woke up with a little pain that was on my back was gone my i felt different i felt lighter i felt different because i heard their truth and now i hear them they said do not go <laughs> there's no spiritual teacher there that that needs your attention because you know i speak i listen on sundays to the awake to air awakened teacher and i know i don't have a, i really don't have a teacher anymore my teachers are out of my cosmic teachers let me ask you really quick because i think there may be a message for me in there so i want to repeat it the way i heard it yeah essentially so truth is very important to me which is ironic because i was such a horrible liar but now it's like this <laughs> even then though i i think i came out of the womb like asking questions like something isn't right some the information you're telling me there's something off about this like that's just how i've always been but now like i'm a spend my life seeking truth and when i'm with god and whatever it is i'm reading or if i'm here alone with him whatever it may be like ultimately all the revelations come there the truth comes through that but when i'm on social media and twitter and i've quit doing the dark web stuff and seeking for real you know the crazy information i've backed away from that But even with social media there's a truth movement there's people that are gurus and experts and well this is what's going to happen and these are the plans and this is how things are going to unfold and of course none of it ever really happens that way but attention goes there energy goes there to going oh hey we're going to have a blackout on Friday the banks are going to collapse on Friday we're going to do this and do that so all of that is essentially noise and a distraction and not part of the soul's mission is that what you're saying absolutely and message was for me then <laughs> yes and when you said you stop something in you made you stop this is crazy and you know human beings love drama yeah and that is what happened and some of these people who are saying those things to The question is how clear are they? We need to look not because all things seem good that they are good. And for me in particular, I needed to cut off everything. Cut off everything. And and so I can hear that. I know when they are around me now. Like, you know, I know 
more than I ever did before. They said, remember, keep thinking. So anyway, I don't know why I felt like telling you that, Joshua, why I brought it up. But I brought it up. I'll tell you why. Oh, I think this is what it is. I've noticed... I think the way that God speaks to me has been different lately. But where instead of like hearing a voice, I feel like whatever it is that I'm looking at that may not be serving me. And it could be like looked at as good information or interesting. I feel like almost a disgust inside. And like this could be on Twitter the one social media platform I'm on or even something I'm reading in the news I feel like this like my body's physically rejecting it there you go and I'm like okay but there then, you go Tesla. but in the true addict form I still go back to it like not that same article but I'll still go get back on Twitter because I'm I don't read regular news like that's the one place you may find real truth is there but even regular information I may be looking for. But even with that now, I'm almost feeling like, what am I doing? Like, why Why am I doing this? This is not helping me. And then my mind starts to go, well, this is a great place to share content. This is a great way to find people, to meet people, blah, blah, blah. But in my spirit, I'm like, my spirit's even going, that's even a waste of time. Like. And so I don't really know what it was, but when you said that message to me, it just brought back all of those feelings. It's a message. It's a message. So I want to tell you that your intuition to tell me that was spot on. Spot on. So thank you. Yes, good. Thank you. I get noiseness when I'm to say something. And even in the middle of a conversation, a particular piece of that information, I stop and I said, you really need to hear this. I've, this happens a lot. You really need to hear this piece. So, um, what? So, it, okay, so the thing is, it's funny. This morning I was telling my husband, I said, this is something that happens. I said, there's this woman who does Akashic Records, you know, and I'm really into, I acknowledge her because I'm into the soul business. I'm into soul. And I said, I have never seen this before. She's giving a free five-day something. And I paused and I look at it and I knew my family was behind me. I could feel them waiting to see what decision I was going to make. They were not challenging me. They were just being there. And I turned away from it. So Joshua, I know that sometimes it's very enticing to do certain things. But (laughs) I was talking to my husband and I said, they're telling me I'm in quarantine right now. Quarantine, you stay away. Because I'm at the brink of something. So until I need to. When the honor what they said to me and for you to just for you you're here oh something comes to me to said maybe in the morning sometime you said god use me in the way you want today i don't commonly say but use me in the and believe me you will get guidance because your passion is in the right direction yeah wow you are something else I'm please come back when your book is ready. I would love to talk to you again. I'm captivated by every word you speak. That is very, that's, I mean, I don't have the best attention span in the world. So like, it's something I, it's just your joy to listen to. This has been a wonderful experience for me. I'm so grateful that you were here. I would like for you, if you will, to please take these final moments to share your website, how people can follow you, how people can work with oh. you, how people can read your books, and any last words you feel led to share, the floor is yours. Thank you. Well, I just want to tell people that, you know, we're all in this together. And 
Your heart knows the right to get on. Your heart knows. Allow your heart to be the master and your mind the servant. So when your heart feels, your mind will have to express the language of what the heart says. Don't be at peace. Be at peace. The world is stirring up for a very good reason. And we can't make changes unless we get into a very uncomfortable situation. It happened with me too. Happened with Joshua in his own personal way. And I thank you for being here and listening. And I would love you to offer a 20-minute complimentary conversation. I'd love you to take it. And how will they know my website, Joshua? Are you going to are you going to put it somewhere? Oh yeah, and everything will be in the show notes. I'll have all your links, but if you want to share it too. Oh, so so my website is radavi.net. And you know, like I'm here to serve those who are really ready to to let go the resistance. I know the mind is very strong. But no, there are many people here who are open to be of service in the serving of the light. So we are all divine sparks, all from the one flame. And I love to use the word God. We are all from the one flame of God. So we are one. Amen. Thank Thank you. you for being here. Okay, Tashwan. Talk to you soon. Bye.